Let's sing, I search the world, I search the world, but it couldn't fail me, man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough, but then you, but then you came
feel like I'm my skin today. <laughs> you turn graves into gardens, bones into armies from mighty God. There's absolutely nothing he can't do for his children. And I just want you to grab a hold of that today. And we're going to be going into our prayer song right now. If you have a special need that you want prayed for or anointed for, the pastors are coming forward now and just together. And we just want to worship the Lord together today.
We rest in that truth this morning. You're the way maker. You're the way maker, and we're just here to follow. And we commit ourselves to you, God. We commit to follow your lead. Whatever season this church is stepping into, whatever seasons we're stepping into in our lives, we commit it to you. Because you're the way maker. And we know you'll never get us lost. Let's sing that together. That is who. Because that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who. That is who you are. 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 Give him praise. Give him praise. Highlights coming up. Welcome to all of our first time guests here in the room and online. Please turn in your completed connection card in the offering today. We hope you will choose Cap City as your church family. Join us each Wednesday night for groups for all ages at 7 p.m. Also, Awana Clubs is back starting October 13th. See us in the lobby for information on registration and sponsorships. Thank you for your support. The Golden Saints are sponsoring a barbecue and a hayride fundraiser on October 2nd at 4 p.m. Come and join us for a great evening here on the church campus. Donations are appreciated. Ladies, join together at Ohio Christian University this Saturday for the Priscilla Cheer Simulcast. The event starts at 10 a.m. The ladies will be going to lunch in Circleville as well. Sign the sheet at the Welcome Center if you would like to register. Registration is $15, payable online. Men, you are meeting this Saturday for breakfast at Lois Mann's at 10 a.m. We hope everyone will take advantage of these fellowship opportunities. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online at capcitychurch.live. You can give through Cash App at Capital City Church. And you can give by writing a check or giving cash. Our ushers will be receiving the offering at the end of service. Don't forget to drop your connection card in the offering today. Please welcome the Spriggs family for special music today. 
what a divine visitation of the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. So thankful for his visitation. And uh, Pastor David asked if our family would lead a couple uh, worship songs. We're going to do one now and do one later. And I wasn't going to talk before this one, uh, but uh, something happened today, pretty monumental. Um, Ray Hale graduated into heaven, and he's running the streets of gold this morning. And uh, it's very difficult for us to say goodbye, but it's such a blessing to have known Pastor Ray and to have uh, been inspired by his faith and by his amazing uh, attitude through all of the cancer that he had. I want to tell you what, if you ever talked to him, you would know he loves Jesus and he depends on Jesus. And uh, so this next song, we're going to dedicate to him, Who is like the Lord God Almighty? Yes. 
time in a second in just a second well glory <laughs> there it is how we doing today oh I tell you what I am so thankful for the presence of the Lord I'm so thankful that no matter what day it is no matter what we're going through when the presence of the Lord shows up that's all that matters anymore amen come on can you just give God a praise this morning and just love on him Amen. Praise the Lord. We, uh, we're uh, really um, having uh, uh, very, very uh, mixed emotions today because we are thankful that God directs us and leads us, and, and He's done it uh, all of our lives, and we're so grateful for that. But we love you guys so very much, 
and we're so grateful for all the wonderful, deep relationships that we have with you. And let me just say this uh, before we go any further. We'll just, we'll just address the elephant in the room. Is that okay? Can we do that? I'll preach better if I do that. Here it is. Our relationships will continue. I still love you. I hope you still love me. And we're going to charge the kingdom for Jesus. Amen? Amen? We're going to believe. Amen? And uh, so I just want you to know that uh, as, I, as I contemplated the, the last message to share with you, this whole series, Overcomer, really, I, I thought rather than just one sermon on, the, on my last Sunday, I would just kind of give you a, a, a road map of what I believe it means to become an overcomer. And last week I asked you, don't give up on victory because I know when times are tough, when things are happening that we don't understand, and uh, when we're facing issues that uh, we don't know how to explain, and, and uh, you know, when God uh, changes people's paths, and, and uh, you know, particularly in this situation, you know, moving a pastor on, and I know that he's going to bring a great pastor in. I know he's already preparing that person. I don't know who it is, but my prayer is that by the time he, they are here for uh, two or three months, the, the thing you'll just say is, Phil who? Who? Who was that? Oh, yeah, I, I think I kind of remember him. Uh, he was that guy that was a different weight every Sunday, right? Every Sunday. Every Sunday. I, I, actually, I actually I need two closets for my clothes because I quit throwing them away. That way, as I pass by on the way down or as I pass by on the way up, I, oh, yeah, I got something. I don't have to go buy new clothes. Huh? Isn't that great? This time, maybe I'll have faith and throw all my big clothes away. I don't know, but we'll see how that goes. But last week, I talked about, please, don't give up on victory through the Lord because he really does have great victories in store for Capital City Church in the future. I believe that with all my heart. If I didn't believe it, then I wouldn't say it. And if I didn't say it, I would not be faithful to the Lord. I believe it with all of my heart. So today, as I close out this series and, and close out our ministry here at Capital City Church, uh, I want to talk to you about the victory zone. This, this term, the victory zone, came from a conversation years ago that I had with a young man that was in my church that I was pastoring at the time, and he was on the track team, and uh, he was kind of just talking in passing about what he does, and I was just asking him, how does it work? And his favorite race was the relay race, and, and uh, he was very, very good at it. He was the top of his school. He went, he went on to be a, a national uh, contender and, and was just very, very good at this. And so uh, while we were talking, just kind of casually, he mentioned the victory zone. And he talked about how you really have to be uh, very, very, very um, purposeful in how you handle that. And I said, well, what is the victory zone? And he said, well, that is the place where the, the runner, the passer, passes off the baton to the receiver. And he said, you can have the fastest runner on the team, but if they're terrible in that victory zone, you're not going to win the relay race. And you can have someone that might not be the fastest on the team, but he said, if they are really good at the passing part, they might make the team because that is a very crucial area. And, and, and I, I got to thinking about that. And, uh, you know, he gave me some facts about that and how important it was. And, and I've shared some of that with you before. I'm not going to go there today. But I just want to talk about that moment of passing and what God says to us in order for us to be victorious in the passing zone. Because here's what I know. Any time that you have a change like this, uh, to put it uh, lightly, it's awkward, 
right? It's awkward. And yesterday I was kind of watching some relay races and kind of getting an idea of the passing zone. And what I noticed is that in, the, in that victory zone, it's very awkward for the runners because how many of you, how many of your runners raise your hand, huh? I used to be a runner back in my day. My dream is to do another 10K. We'll see how that goes. How many of you would like to be a runner, huh? Okay, how many of you are driving down the road and you see the runners and you say, I hate them? Come on, just be honest. Raise your hand. Most of you. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So what I noticed is when you run, you kind of run like this. You know, you get your rhythm. That's what I do. How many of you, when you run, you run like this? Yeah, yeah all right. If I ran like that down the street, people would really think I was weird, right? And then what if I ran like this? Ho, ho, you know, ho. It's just kind of awkward and, and try not to look back and, uh, because there's some things going on in that zone that are very important. Let me just give you uh, maybe one or two. The first one is there has to be a matter of trust. There has to be a matter of trust of the receiver in the, the passer. Because if you turn around and look, what's going to happen? It's going to slow your running down, right? So you don't want to turn around and look and say, oh man, I hope they're doing okay or I hope they're doing it right. No, you have to trust the passer that they're going to get that baton in your hand in the right way and you're going to keep going. Now, the, the passer has to trust the receiver and believe that the receiver has got the fortitude and the training to not have to turn around, but to have their hand exactly where it needs to be so that you can drop the baton in their hand and keep going. Do you see it? So both, both individuals are very, very important. And everybody knows what happens if you drop the baton, right? It's a mess. And I don't care how fast you are, you're probably not going to recover from that. So as we've been talking as a staff and as a board and as leaders and talking about my departure and talking about Pastor David coming in and being the interim pastor, and I believe he is going to do a fantastic job. Come on, Capital City Church, can you just let him know we honor you and we love you? Amen. Come on. Okay, you need to clap louder than that, so I'm going to help you out. How about a, how about a clap and, a, and, a, and a, hand, a hand clap for David and Connie, for both of them? Okay, come on. There we go. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Okay. And it's very, very important that you say, I'm going to look forward and I'm going to see what's ahead of me. I'm not going to look behind and say, well, how can, we, how can we default back to where we were? And Pastor David gave a very good word that I want you to write down. It doesn't have anything to do with the sermon, but just write this down. The word is momentum. You have got to keep the momentum. You've got to keep going. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you a secret? Far more important to me, and I believe to the Lord, is a spirit-filled leader and a spirit-filled worship leader than it is a gifted leader and speaker and a gifted worship leader. You just need to say, Holy Spirit, come again and again and again and again. And as the Holy Spirit moves, let me tell you something, God will break loose in this place, amen? Do you feel it? I feel it with all my heart. So this morning, I wanna talk to you about the victory zone. That's right where you are. You're in the middle of the passing. You're in the midst of that passing. And I want to talk to you about what God desires for us to know when we're in that moment. And so I want you to open your Bibles. I don't have this in your notes. We're going to have some of it in your notes, but I didn't have room to put all of this. So open your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We find uh, our, our hero, uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, 
in a place where we found Gideon and in a place where we found uh, uh, Moses, in a place where we found all of these other leaders that we've, we've talked about, he was, he was fearful because the enemy was upon him. The enemy was coming upon him, and he wasn't sure what to do. It says in verse 1, it happened after this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, so understand, it wasn't just one group that was coming after him. There was a whole lot of people that were coming after them, came to battle, against Jehoshaphat. Then came, then some came to told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you for, uh, from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And, and Jehoshaphat feared, watch this, and set himself to seek the Lord. Would you just bow your heads for a moment and let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that we can just come to you Lean fully on you, depend fully on you, and know that you've got this. To know that you're an amazing God, that you love us deeper than we could even love ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today, your word, what you have for us in this moment, in this day, that we would be victorious and be overcomers, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord. Now watch. He proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask for help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, and I want you to put in in parentheses before I read this next line, and said, in faith, O Lord God, our fathers, you are not, are, uh, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms and nations and in your hand? Is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out all the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel? If disaster comes upon us, Lord, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. Come on, say that. You will hear and save. Say it again. You will hear and save. He continued to pray, and then down in verse 14, look what happens. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, then verse 15, and he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, watch this, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. God is saying to you, in this moment, in this victory zone, call out to me and I will be your rescuer. Call out to me and I will be your direction. Call out to me and I will be your savior. Call out to me and I will be your hope. If you will call out to me, I will be your strength. I will be your guard. I will be your captain. I will be your general. I will help you march against the gates of hell. And because you have me on your side, you will prevail. That is the word 
of the Lord to Capital City Church and to his people. And so this morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you this morning out of this scripture, what the Lord was saying to the children of Israel, what the Lord was saying to Jehoshaphat. But not only that, listen to me, what the Lord was saying to you and what he's saying to you this morning. In the victory zone, God says, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down, depend on me because I am your only source. Depend on me because I am your only source. Too often we put our dependence on ourselves and on others. We put our dependence on our job. We put depend, our dependence on, on, on teams and, and, and pastors and all of that. No, no. You need to depend on God and God alone. Look what it says in verse 12. For we have no power against this multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Watch this. But our eyes <laughs> are upon you. The worst thing you could ever do is get your eyes on Pastor Phil. The worst thing you could ever do is say, if it wasn't for Pastor Phil, we wouldn't be here right now. No, no, I'm not that smart. I'm not that good. If it wasn't for the Lord, I promise you, we would not be sitting here this morning in this room together. If it wasn't for the Lord, we wouldn't have Pastor David and his beautiful wife here today being the ones that are going to lead us into the next phase. Why? Because long ago, it was about a couple years ago, the Holy Spirit whispered into their ear and said, we want you to go to Capital City Church. In fact, he started whispering in their ear when we were still Lighthouse Ministries. And he came to me and said, I don't understand it, but it feels like that God is leading Connie and I to come to Lighthouse Ministries. And I said, well, it sounds like the Lord to me. Amen. Huh? That's the Lord I serve. And God directed them and led them into this place. And do you know what? As they came into this place, I saw vision. I saw heart. I saw love for them to, to you and for you to them, for them, for the church. In fact, when I would hear him preach and hear him teach, I would hear him share vision that we hadn't even talked about that I knew God had given him for Capital City Church. I want to tell you something. Who is like the Lord God? God Almighty. He is mighty to save. He, he does things that we don't even know about in times we don't even need that it needs to be know that it needs to be done. So what do we do? We look to the Lord. We look to the Lord. It's interesting to note that in all the great stories of the great men and women in the Bible, even the ones that we've shared, any time that there was victory, it included a prayer of dependence. Lord, I'm going to depend on you. You see, we have got to know our need for God. We've got to know that we can't do this on our own. It's impossible. I love the old story of the two cows that were grazing in the pasture and, and a milk truck went by. Some of you probably heard this story. I love it. It says on the side of the, of the milk truck, there used to be milk trucks for you. I don't even remember them. Okay, I'm not that old. But I, what I heard is there was milk trucks back in the day. They would let it from what? You, you older folks tell me, they delivered it to your porch, right? Isn't that right? The milk truck, look at them all shaking their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember. And on the side of it, it said pasteurized, homogenized, standardized, vitamin A added. One cow looked at the other and says, Kind of makes you feel inadequate, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I guess my milk is not enough, right? I don't know if you've seen the bumper sticker. It says, I took an IQ test and the results were negative. Huh? That was me. Uh, that was me. Oh, I, I got to share this story one more time. I think I shared it before. That's okay. It's new to some of you. 
the magician decided he was going to do a feat that he'd never tried before, but he just knew he could do it. And so he asked his assistant to come up, and with his assistant, he handed him a sledgehammer. And he told the crowd, I'm going to do, do a magic trick that I've never done before in my entire life. I believe that it's going to be a great magic trick. You guys are going to be amazed by this, but don't be afraid because it might scare you a little bit. My assistant, on the count of three, is going to take that sledgehammer and hit me over the head as hard as he can, and I'm going to be just fine, and everything will be okay. And everybody just gasped, like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. I, no, no. If you watch America's Got Talent, you understand there's sometimes these people that are going to, you know, throw swords at each other and, and push swords down their throat. I'm like, no, 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 we don't do that. And that, that's how I would have felt. And so they said, all right, crowd, you help me count on the count of three. Count one, two, three. Boom! Hit him right over the head. Down he went. Didn't move. Blood everywhere. They called 911. The ambulance came, took him to the hospital. The guy, needless to say, didn't come out of it. He was in a straight coma. For 10 years, he was in a straight coma. And they worked on him, and they did everything they could to help him. And finally, one day, his fingers started to move. And someone was sitting there, and they said, I think his finger's moving. No, it can't be. And then he began to open his eyes. And then he said, come he motioned to him, come here. And the first words out of his mouth were, ta-da! <laughs> I love that story. I love that story. You know why I love that story? Because every one of us have done that in our spiritual walk from time to time. I mean, we've been in a straight coma for years. We do one little thing, we go, ta-da, look at me, man. I'm amazed. No. Who is like the Lord God Almighty, not who is like me? You with me? All right, number two, if you're taking notes, ask me, God says, because I have the answer. I have the answer. You might think you have the answer, but I have the answer. Verse 14, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he, talking about Jehaziel, said, thus says the Lord to you. Listen, if you will listen carefully, God has the answer. And if you will ask him, he will tell you. God doesn't play hide and seek. God is not the God of confusion. God is not the God who tries to trick you and try to cause you to go the wrong direction when he knows you should be going in this direction. But I want to tell you something. If you ask, he'll tell you. And what he tells you is gonna be something maybe far different than what you expected that word to be. What he tells you may seem so far out of the box and so much bigger than you that you'll step back and you go, there's no way. There's no way I can do this. So what do we do in that moment when God dreams for us and he gives us great big vision? How do we handle the unusual leading of God well, if you're taking notes, write this down. You've got to be open to the possibilities with God. Everyone say, with God. With God. Say, with God. With God. With God, some things are impossible. Is that what the Bible says? No, no. With God, all things are impossible, are possible. All things are possible. You know why? Because God's not human. We're human, we're regular, we're normal. God sees the big, big picture. We don't see the big picture. We're nearsighted. 
We're short-handed, but not God. You hear me say it often. He's never surprised. He's never caught off guard. He's never overwhelmed. God's got this. He knows what he's doing. Secondly, how do we handle the unusual leadings? Be sensitive to the preparation of God. Know that a lot of times the reason you're going through what you're going through is because God is preparing you for something beyond what you're doing now. And there's been many times when God has asked me to do some things and I said, I, I don't know, that doesn't really seem like I need to be doing that. No one's asking me to do that. That would just kind of, and God said, no, no, I'm asking you to do this because I need to use you down the road for things that if you don't do this and have this experience, I will not be able to use you in that area. God had been pre preparing Jehoshaphat and he prepares you for his will. The third one is, you've got it there, be assured by the proof from God. If you just ever wonder, look back. Look back at what God has already done in your life as a believer. Look back at what God has already done in the life of Capital City Church. Who would have ever dreamed two and a half years ago that, that Grace Ministries and Lighthouse Ministries would be meeting at 464 Rathbell Road together under one roof, high five and loving each other, praising God and saying, woo, we're God's church, huh? God knew. He had it all figured out. He knew it long before he ever even gave us a hint of it. Number three, God says, follow me because my ways are higher than your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. This week I'm going to take a flight down to see my family in South Florida. And I always get a window seat because every time I look out the window, I'm reminded of how big God is and how small I am. In fact, I love it when they fly over my house because I realize how small my house is and how big God is. I'll never forget one time I was coming back into Columbus and we flew right over this building and I was reminded how small this building is and how big God is. But do you know what I love? God says, that's okay. I know it's small but I can fit. <laughs> and he comes in and he begins to move and he begins to put, his, put the garment of praise around him and put the garment of praise around you. And because of that, because we follow him, because his ways are higher than our ways, we see him doing things we've never dreamed of. And I believe that with all of my heart for Capital City Church, I really do. Follow me because my ways. Look what it says in verse 16. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight the battle. Oh, I think you need to underline that line. It's right there in your notes. Underline it. Listen to me. You do not need to fight the battle. Tell the person beside you, you don't need to fight the battle. Put your weapons down. You do not need to fight the battle. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Position yourselves, it says, circle these two words, and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. Why? For the Lord is with you. You. In every sermon I've preached from, from the very beginning uh, in this Overcomer series, there has been a theme that is weaved through every one of them, and that is the Lord saying, It's okay, do not fear, I will be with you. I will be here, I will be your strength, I will be your hope. I love the story of Norman Vincent Peale when he was just a kid. He said, uh, I snuck out one time to smoke. 
And he had a cigar and he was smoking along. And about that time, his dad come around the corner and he whipped that thing around to his back. And his dad looked at him and said, what you doing, son? Oh, nothing. And then he saw a sign behind him for the circus. He said, look at there, dad, trying to distract him, right? Look at there, dad, the circus is coming to town. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could go to the circus together? Wouldn't it be great if we could do that? And his, his dad didn't flinch. He just said, son, I learned a long while ago not to position my father. I don't petition my father when I have smoldering disobedience behind my back. Woo! Somebody write that down. Follow me. Quit going out there and following you. Because that just ends in a mess. It's all about obedience. It's all about following God's will and God's plan. As I walk through this process, I won't tarry long about the story. I just want you to know, as I walk through this process of God leading us towards uh, Heritage Church, there were some things that Crystal and I prayed for. Lord, this needs to happen. We need to see this. We need to know this isn't a fill thing. This isn't, a, this isn't a, a district thing. This isn't a denominational thing. This isn't them just having it. We need to know, Lord. We need to see signs to know this is a God thing. And I just want to tell you, I won't go into detail. And if you ask me later, I'll share them with you. But I will say, on that last day, when we preached with them, and the final thing came to pass that we had asked for, we came to that moment that we've come to many, many times. We came to this moment when God led us to come to the lighthouse to where we would have been afraid to not walk through the door because God made it so clear. Now, I know this. If God made it that clear for the direction of Crystal and I, he will absolutely make it that clear for Capital City Church. I promise you. I promise you, he loves you, he knows you, he knows right where you are. Let me give you a couple truths about obedience. I'll go through these quickly, we won't spend too much longer. The evidence of loving God is obeying God. Right? That's why when my kids were little and they would come up and say, I'm sorry, Dad. Thank you for those words. But it's not shown through words. It's shown through actions. If you're sorry, you won't do it again. Right? If you're just trying not to get in trouble, then you're not really sorry. Because the proof and the evidence of loving God is that I obey Him. And then letter B, selective obedience is not obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What I love about Jehoshaphat's obedience, this is in your notes. It was immediate, it was public, it was long-term, and it was complete. It was immediate, verse 20. So they rose early in the morning. Did you notice that? They rose early in the morning. 
It was public. And they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. I'm going to go before God and everybody and tell you, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. I'm going on record. I'm making it public. I don't know about you, but I am following God. That's what, uh, that's, that's what we see all throughout Scripture. The leaders are saying, I am going to follow God, right? And then it was long-term. Look at verse 31. And he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. And it was complete. Verse 32. He walked in the way of his father Asa and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Full, immediate, complete, unquestionable obedience to the Lord leads to triumph and victory and becoming an overcomer. God's ways are greater than our ways. And then number four, trust me because I'm in control. Did you notice that it said in verse 17, stand still. Stand still. Now that's hard for me to stand still. Just ask the camera guys. <laughs> oh, pastor, you really worked me out today. They'll say that to me. Well, I, don't, I, don't. I can't wait till Pastor David takes over. He stays straight. And I don't <laughs> Wear him out. <laughs> I've been that way all my life. When I was just a little kid, six, seven years old, we'd be having family night, and I'd burst into the living room. Let's go do something. And my mom would say something I completely hated every time she said it. Now I get it that I'm a little older. I didn't get it then. She said, we are doing something. We're talking. I'm like, that is not something. <laughs> something involves a mall or a super slide. We used to have super slides down the South Florida. Super slide. So, something involves something going something. Sitting here and talking, that's not something. That's, that's nothing. That's nothing. My brother had a friend that was exactly like me. He never stood still. He'd come over and visit. I don't, even, I don't know if he ever sat down. And, and finally, he just, he just hit the side of the wall, slid down to the thing. His name was John. Just slid down and said, this is boring. We need to go do something. <laughs> oh. So how do we do that? How do we stand still? Write this down. The first one is to stand quiet. Stand quiet. Listen for the Lord's voice. Isaiah 30, 15, in returning and rest, watch this, you shall be saved. And in quietness and confidence, your, your, you shall regain your strength. In quietness and confidence, that's where your strength is found. And we tend to just talk when we don't know what to say, Right? We, didn't, we, we tend to just do when we're not sure what to do. That's why I, I, I have this motto that I've used. I even preach a sermon by it. Don't just do something. Stand there. Right? Because what do we say? Don't just stand there. Do something. Don't just stand there. Do something, do something, do something, do something, do something. And as believers, isn't that what we do? Do something, do something, do something, do something. I believe God is saying, don't just do something. Stand there and listen. And you know that in that zone, in that zone, there's great faith and there must be great strength and trust. 
Stand still. I love this, Psalms 27, 14. Wait in faith on the Lord. We must have faith that God knows what he's doing. And then let her see, stand hopeful. Romans 8, 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, watch this. We eagerly wait for it in perseverance. Eagerly with perseverance, we wait on the Lord. And I love God's promise to us in Isaiah 40, 40, 31. But those who wait, those who stand still, those who will just be quiet for a moment, will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's a promise from the Lord. And if he doesn't keep his promise, he's going to lose all his integrity. And God's not about to lose his integrity. So he will keep his promise. And then the last two, number five is seek me because I'm ready to meet your need. I'm ready to meet your need. Verse three, Jehoshaphat feared and set his face to seek the Lord. I think Pastor David would agree. In the next weeks and months, seek the Lord. Seek his face. Let his glory shine down upon you. Let's forget about the things which are behind us. We are still the church. We will go forward. (laughs) And then number six, perhaps the most important one. Worship me because I am awesome. God says, worship me because I am awesome. (laughs) Jehoshaphat stood and said in verse 6, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven and do you not rule over all kingdoms of nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Are you not the God, in other words, who will deliver us? Are you not the God who has done it great? We worship you. We give you praise for what you've done and we give you praise for what you're going to do. And when we praise God for his mercies, said C.H. Spurgeon, we prolong them. When we praise God for our miseries, we usually end them. Think of it. Now, look at verse 21. When he had consulted the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Isn't it interesting that the very first thing is to sing? Get in here on Sunday mornings and sing your heart out. You say, well, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, we'll give you a wheelbarrow. Just get in here and sing, all right? <laughs> David, that's your assignment for next week. I want three or four wheelbarrows back there. If they, can't do it in a, if they can't do it in a bucket, we'll give them a wheelbarrow. If that doesn't work, we'll dig a big old hole right there in the middle. They can jump in. We, you can, we'll help you. In fact, we'll come alongside you. We'll help you carry that tune. But the Bible didn't say have an awesome voice and sing beautiful music to the Lord. What did it say? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on. On the count of three, I want you to make the worst 
possible noise you've ever made in your life. And I want you to smile while you did it, okay? Are you ready? One, two, three. Let me hear it. That counts. As long as you got a smile on your face, that counts. Just sit towards the back so you're not near the mics. Okay, all right, okay. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just doing you a favor, Pastor David, just saying, saying that ahead of time. Isn't it interesting? The singing was first. And he put them out there who should praise. It wasn't just singing, but it was praising the beauty, watch this, of God's holiness. As they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on, say that with me. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures until Pastor Phil leaves. No, praise the Lord for his mercy. Come on, church, endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures. Come on, say it again. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on, give God a praise this morning for his mercy endures forever. Oh, man. If I'm not careful, I might start preaching, then we're all in trouble. Now look at verse 22. Now, when they began to sing, <laughs> and they began to praise, the Lord, not them, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Come on, say that. Defeated. They were what? They were defeated. The enemy cannot stand in the presence of God. You want to throw the enemy out of this room? You invite the presence of the Lord in this room. The enemy cannot stand in the presence of God. Come on. I don't think you heard me right now. The enemy cannot stand in the presence of God. The enemy can't stand God. The enemy can't stand God. You want to give the enemy a black eye, you just praise God even when you don't feel like it. In fact, if you praise God when you don't feel like it, it'll give him two black eyes. Because he's going to work at you all day Saturday and all morning Sunday morning. You don't need to go to church. It's okay. Just watch online. Just stay home. This bed feels good. All that stuff. Get in the house of the Lord and kick the enemy out. And let's do it as the army of the Lord. Amen? Come on. You want to give me a gift? I'm going to ask for one gift from you. I'm going to ask for one gift. I'm going to ask you for two gifts. I'm going to ask you for, no, two, two. I'll, I'll stop at two. The first gift you can give me is every one of you, every one of you, unless providentially hindered, be here next Sunday. Be here. It's going to be a special guest speaker. There's going to be dynamic worship. Don't miss it. Second gift, don't come alone. Bring someone with you and watch what God does. There's enough room in here for every one of you to bring one person. You might say, well, they may only come once and never come back. That's okay. That's up to Jesus. So I want to tell you something. Somebody gets in the presence of God, you can't keep them away. Hello. All of you be here next Sunday. Bring someone with you.
and just bring it on and let God know, do what he wants to do. You see, over and over in Scripture, God says, praise me and I will give you victory. The reason I say this is because I don't find anywhere, there were times even when Jesus, excuse me, even when Jesus would get away alone and pray. It's true. So, you know, I get up every morning and I, I pray by myself and you got to do that. You got to recharge. I'm, I'm not saying that. But in all these stories I shared, I want you to notice something. They said, all right, we're going to come together and we're going to praise the Lord and we're going to watch what he does. There's something powerful about the word together, right? Tell the person beside you, I'm glad you came because I'd have been lonely without you. Would you do that? So what do I find? If I want to be triumphant, if I want to be victorious, if I want to be an overcomer, God says, depend on me, ask me for everything, follow my direction, trust that I know what I'm doing, seek my face, and give me praise, and you will find joy in the journey. Amen? Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for your word. You make it alive every time we open it. Even when we're saying the same things maybe we've said before, it's new, it's fresh, because your Holy Spirit makes it for today. And I believe this word is for today. And Lord, I believe that you want us to take it and use it and make it personal and bring it into our own lives. And as a church, to make it personal and bring it into this church and believe that you're already preparing that next leader. You're already using Pastor David as the interim pastor. You're already doing things beyond what we thought were even possible because you're an amazing God. And Lord, we're just going to worship you and praise you and believe you for that day after day after day, week after week after week, and year after year after year. And I believe it and trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm going to ask our ushers to come at this time, and Pastor David is going to come and pray over the offering. And uh, then he asked... Uh, to share some things, so I'm going to give him an opportunity to do that. So, uh, Pastor David, if you'll come, ushers, come on up, and uh, he'll pray for the offering, and then we can uh, go from there. sir. Let's pray first for the offering. We just want to give a sincere, heartfelt appreciation to Pastor Phil and Crystal. So as we give, I want to remind you, if you have a card that you have brought, there is a, uh, a place back here in the back. We'd like for you to drop a card. If you didn't bring a card with you, I think there are some index cards or some paper uh, that's over there that you might be able just to write down. This will be so meaningful in the days to come. So thank you for this day. Thank you for this sense of worship. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us and you have said that you will never leave us nor forsake us, and we trust that today. So we pray your blessing on this offering and everything that is done in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, as the ushers are taking the offering, I'd just like to say, first of all, that uh, we have enjoyed the ministry of Pastor Phil today. Amen? Let's give him a hand and tell him, yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor Phil. Thank you for the blessing that you've given. Thank you. Now it's trying, whoa, there we go, that works. <laughs> and I want you to know, Pastor Phil, not only have we appreciated you and, and Pastor Crystal today, but we have appreciated you over the last five years. And I think we ought to give them a standing ovation and just say we love you guys. Not only has the ministry been wonderful, but you have become dear and special friends, and we love you. I'd like to ask if uh, a couple of members of our congregation would come, and the first one is Scott Fisher, uh, who is going to uh, give in a sense of appreciation. Scott is coming, and Pat Moore, will you come as well? And Scott Fisher is going to make a few remarks. Uh, yeah, give him a hand. That's right. Give both of them a hand. These are great people. And Scott is going to speak first of all about some reflections about when Pastor Phil came to Lighthouse some five years ago. Good morning. First of all, when he said he was coming to Lighthouse, I thought he was crazy. If I'm being honest. From Florida to Columbus, who does that? Who does that? This guy does and his family, and thank God for that. I mean, seriously. Um, briefly, about Lighthouse, for those that didn't know, we were at the bottom. I mean, we were at the bottom. We, our faith was there, but we were so crushed and being crushed by the enemy on a weekly basis. We struggled and we fought and we clawed we kept looking to the heavens and said, God, how much more can we take? This man and his family comes from Florida. Again, I, comes from Florida, steps in our building. And I know, as Pastor said, you shouldn't look at a person that we always look towards God. But I know that God appoints spiritual, anointed people individuals, brings them into our lives, and allows us, and with that, let me add to that, and allows us, as he comes up, brings hope. He brought hope and injected it into Lighthouse, and from there, we were able to shake that enemy off, look back up to heaven and say, God, now I get it. Now I get it. We were so there's just not, there's not a lot of words that I can describe that let you know how hard it was for us at Lighthouse, a continual monthly basis of just trying to pay the bills. Um, and then we get to a point where, um, fast forward a little bit, we had talked about, we always knew that we, that we needed to sell this building. The debt was just monumental. Um, but as Pastor 
Bill has mentioned before, we had no idea where we were going or what we were going to do. Um, we shopped around, lack of better terms, for some buildings to look around, and we just did not know. We had one offer which we thought, excellent, and then that person went away. And then we thought, okay, now what? Um, the rent is still due, the, the, the lights still need to be on, people are still coming. Pastor Phil always told us to continue to look up. Whoa, did we pay the bills? <laughs> That's Jesus. <laughs> That's Jesus right there. But he, can, he told us, Pastor Phil told us just to continue to keep looking up. And I'll never forget... Uh, Another side story that Pastor Crystal, when it came to, I know this is a part of, but part of Awana, she said, we just need to step out on faith. And Pastor Phil said that, you just got to step out on faith. Even if it's at the very edge, you just got to step out on faith. We took that challenge, and we got a buyer for the building, and we didn't care if we made a nickel from it. The fact that somebody came and bought the building from us, continual prayers from the board and the congregation for prayers and, and just asking for God's guidance allowed us to get to this point that we are today. And I thank you guys for everything that you've done for us, for everything that you're going to continue to do, for those that you're going to uh, minister to. But we are very, very thankful for you and your family. Okay, I'm supposed to speak on the grace side, if you want to call it that. Um, but I was very impressed with... When I was walking to church, I would notice they were here every day. And I, and I, I thought, is there something they're finding difficult to deal with in the church that they're there every day? And then I did finally ask, and, and that was their, I don't want to say job, but their calling was to be here every day for people who needed him to help run the office and to do all the things that need to be done in the church. So I was really impressed with that at first. And then as COVID came on, I was visiting some of the Grayside elderly people and those who couldn't make it in. And I would go there, and they would say, Pastor Phil has visited us. And I was like, oh my gosh, he hasn't even been here that long, and he's already visiting our people. So, I mean, that was, I mean, I know others really appreciated that, and they mentioned that very kindly and very warm-heartedly. And then, um, of course, you know, I got to thinking about we just had 21 days of prayer fasting that was done by the Highland Church. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, a couple years ago when we were, did it here, Pastor Phil or Daniel was here every morning, I think at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, setting up the live stream for that. And you don't know how much that helped me. And it still helps me to know that 
We have people who are willing to get up early or to stay late to make sure that live stream goes out to the world, that they can know Jesus as their Savior. So I am very, very grateful for that. And growth track, I really thought, when you brought that, I thought, oh no, here is another thing we have to go through. <laughs> but it wasn't anything like that. I mean, because I've been through several, the, you know, where you come in and you know, they teach you about the religion, and, and it wasn't that at all. It was almost like a way of life or how you merge church and your way of life, and I really, really enjoyed it. And Pastor Phil taught that himself. And you've got to know him, and you got to appreciate who he really was. And that, I mean, and with different, peop different people from our churches taking that, it helped us to bond together. So, I'm, again, I'm very, very grateful for that. And, I um, mean, I know we had our men's prayer breakfast. I, was trying, I even wrote it down, some of the stuff, <laughs> in case I forgot. You know, my brother-in-law and nephew would come back from the prayer breakfasts. They would be laughing, and they said, we had a wonderful time. You know, Pastor Phil would tell different things and different jokes, and they just loved it. And then they would come back and say, you know what he said? <laughs> so apparently there was a little bit of preaching involved in some of that. But, <laughs> but you, you made a difference not only in lighthouse people, but in the grace people as well, and you've kind of changed perspectives. And I know there's some other things I have on there, but I wanted to mention one extremely important issue to me that Pastor Crystal, when she first came, heard I talking about the children's ministry and did not get into any negative details. But we had talked and we were very encouraged by what, you know, the plans that were going to go on. And then we came together, and I'm going to put it that way, and we went and prayed over each and every room in that children's ministry. And I praise the Lord because I really think that made a difference in what went on in our children's ministry and how our children's ministry has grown. And I know she does everything in that office, I, except for, for the accounting, which I'm glad Carolyn does. But, you know, Pastor Crystal, thank you. I know we have several people replacing you. But you've changed me and impacted me and encouraged me and just been there for me at times. And I want to say thank you to both of you. And I know others, you know, you've helped them, you've encouraged them, and you've been there for our church. And those of you who don't think they have, then you didn't ask or you didn't use them or talk to them because they would have been there for you. Uh, Pat, just stay up here with me, if you will. I just want to remind some of you don't know, and you're just picking up, but five years ago, Pastor Phil and Crystal, when you came to Lighthouse, the church was in turmoil. Debt was, I think, somewhere on 1.4, is that right? $1.4 million, and the congregation was struggling 
to survive. Grace Ministries, and I love the fate the Tabor family as, as my own, but the truth is the church was declining. The debt was about 1.4 million too. Is that right? Right around that somewhere? Okay, 1.2. Let's just, uh, for round numbers, let's just keep it 1.4, somewhere less than that. And I sensed that the congregation needed a new life. Two years ago, the Grace Ministries Church and the Lighthouse Ministries became one. And the Capital City Church was born. I do want to just say one thing, that it was the strangest thing. As Connie and I would come up here, I told Farron Tabor when he was here at Grace, I said, you know, it's the strangest thing. God seems to be pulling my heart to Columbus, to this way. When I went to see Phil and Crystal, I said, it's the strangest thing. I feel God pulling my heart to Lighthouse. I said, God, this can't be until they all became one. And then I began to understand what God was saying to me. But today, as you leave, the debt now has been reduced from $2.8 million to a little under $900,000. Let's give God praise. That's a victory. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. Two congregations became one. I see Pastor Joe here, and that's not always easy. I've tried it a couple of times. It didn't work very well in some places, I just would tell you. But under your leadership, and under Pastor Farron, but especially after Pastor Farron left, uh, you became the pastor and led this church to become one. There is new life and vitality. I tell you, I used to walk in both of these places and wonder, hmm, wonder what's going to happen. Like, hmm. Now I walk into this place and I say, wonder what's going to happen. Good. And praising God and honoring God and saying this is going to be very, very good. I want you to remember something else, that when Pastor Phil came here, our church in West Jefferson, Harvest Chapel, was struggling to survive. Pastor Farron has gone there, and the church now is surviving and doing well. One. Amen. Two, Lighthouse has merged now with Grace. Three, Grace has merged with Lighthouse to become one. And four, Heritage Memorial. And I know that that's probably not our favorite word today, but that's okay. They lost their pastor in a terrible COVID situation and have been trying to find their way for the last several months. And it's a great church. It really is. Our flagship church in many ways. But Heritage Memorial. I was just there uh, a few a couple weeks ago. And they are so excited to have a pastor 
but not just a pastor. They're so excited to have Phil and Crystal, and that church is going to survive and thrive and do what God wants. Four specific churches have all been impacted by Pastor Phil and Crystal. Let's give them a hand. We love you guys. And so today as you take your leave, Capital City is healthy and preparing for the future. I have told people that have known me over the years when I went to Brookside Church, I felt that Pastor Jack Norman had prepared a church as well as it could be prepared for a pastor. So I stayed for 25 years. I think Capital City has really kind of outdone that. Just be good, I don't have 25 years left. Uh, so we're not going that way. Harvest Chapel is flourishing, Heritage Memorial is excited, and the Arizona churches, in fact, I just talked to Pastor David Ray in Tucson, Arizona, and he said, whatever you do, tell Phil Spriggs, we want him on the Arizona board. And so I would say that's true. You have done, and I say this honestly, an excellent job, and we honor you. Let's give him a hand and stand once more. Give him a hand. Let's give him a standing ovation one more time. We do love you. We'd like to have you come forward now, if you will, and, and if you'll just stand on, I know you don't stand on the gray very often, but uh, would you stand on the gray platform? And, uh, and Chris, Pastor Christopher, yes, oh yes, both, yes. And the whole family, just, just come on, yeah, that's fine. I want you to face the congregation, if you will. I'd like to ask our board and staff members that are here, will you just kind of gather around them close? And I'm going to ask your personal armor bearer, and that is Randy Smith, and he is going to present to you a plaque from Capital City. <laughs> Would you like me to read it? You want to read it? Okay. The plaque says, in appreciation to Pastor Phil and Crystal Spriggs, Thank you for your faithful ministry and dedication to Capital City Church and to the Church of Christ and Christian Union as pastor of the Lighthouse Church and leading the merger of Lighthouse and Grace Ministries to become Capital City Church. Thank you for your leadership in bringing this project to completion. Capital City Church staff, church board, and congregation. This date, 2021. There you go, sir. Take that with you. Keep it dusted off. You'll be fine. And I'd like to ask my wife, if she would, to bring roses to the irreplaceable lady uh, at the church. That's Miss Crystal. <laughs> I have said lovingly, 
and only kiddingly, that we could replace Pastor Phil. It's crystal that we cannot replace. <laughs> I know. I keep pleading for Crystal and Caitlin to stay behind, and they, they won't listen to me, and so that's all right. I'd like to have our district superintendent, Pastor Joe, uh, would you come, and I want you to lead us in prayer as we conclude. But I want to read a passage of Scripture, and yes, come right up here. And I want to read this passage of Scripture because when I came to this church, Pastor Phil says that I, I had vision, and I kind of do, uh, more than you know. And one of the things that I was praying is that God would make of Capital City Church a church much like the church of Antioch in Acts chapter 13. And in case you don't know what the church at Antioch is all about, the believers were first called Christians at Antioch. In other words, they saw something in those people that said they remind us of Christ. Therefore, they are called Christians. But here is the main thing. I'm going to read this out of the message because it's so beautiful. In Acts chapter 13, the congregation in Antioch was blessed with a number of prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simon, Lucius, Manan, and Saul. Now listen to this. One day as they were worshiping God, that's what we've been doing, they were also fasting as they waited for guidance. That's what we're doing. The Holy Spirit spoke. Not the district superintendent, not Pastor Phil, not Pastor Crystal, not Pastor David, not Pastor Mike Holbrook. The Holy Spirit spoke. Take Barnabas and Saul. Now just remember, that's the best two they had. It would have been easier if they would taken some of us little guys and, and passed us out. Uh, the Holy Spirit said, take the best you have. Phil and Crystal and commission them for the work I have called them to. Not the district, not a church giving an invitation, but the work I have called them to. So they commissioned them in that circle, and I want us to get kind of around them in, in a little circle as Joe's gonna pray for us. That circle of intensity and in, and obedience of fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. But now listen, sent off on their new assignment by who? By the Holy Spirit. Barnabas and Saul went down to Seleucia and caught a ship for Cyprus. I don't think you have to go that far to go to courthouse. But, uh, but the first thing they did when they put in at Salamis was to preach God's word. And to that, we yield to the work of the Holy Spirit, to the call of the Holy Spirit, 
And as you leave today, you're commissioned by the Holy Spirit, and we agree. Pastor Joe. As we prepare to pray, there's been a lot said here today, but I thank God for His Holy Spirit. If we ever think any one of us can orchestrate, we're on our way to destruction. Because when it's God's Spirit that moves, all we can do is step back in wonder of the mighty acts of God. I'd like for every one of you to stand, whether you're a member, non-member, here for the first time, whatever it may be. And if you feel comfortable, I want you to just hold your hands out toward the platform. And we're asking people to be in front, around Pastor Phil and Pastor Crystal. And then I went right behind them, Pastor David Dean and Sister Connie. And so they're inside the circle too because they're taking on a load here. And as we pray, let's do a couple things. Let's start with our hands turned this way to receive. And there'll be a point where I'm going to ask us, and Lord, as we give it to you, we let it go. Amen? Our Heavenly Father, we've been in your presence this morning, and we thank you for the way that you have been working. I'm in awe of you. Lord, the songs that we heard this morning, at each phrase, I ask by this self the question, when it says, you're a mighty miracle worker I ask myself are you to me I believe that on the authority of your word through the power of the Holy Spirit that you're going to do more than we can ever ask or think or even some way in our hearts believe that we now we know you use men and women we know you use us but we give you the glory for everything it has accomplished as Pastor Phil and Pastor Crystal and their family move from this place, we believe that you have orchestrated every step because it says the steps of a good man, good woman, are ordered of the Lord. Lord, we receive today, and now we give it to you that your mighty power will work in this place because this is a great church. This is your church. These are your people. And we know you're going to use them in a great and wonderful way. We ask you to be with Pastor Dean, Sister Connie, as this time of transition, they lead this congregation. They're used of you. We ask that you would bless them emotionally, physically, that you had blessed them spiritually, that they'd have the words to say and the things to do. And we just give it all to you, Jesus. We give it all to you. Right now, we just give it to you. We know that in this world where we talk about CEO, leadership of churches, sometimes I believe we've lost the Christness of churches. 
that you, Christ, will lead this church. You'll bless this church. I believe on the authority of your word. There's going to be more in this building next week than there is today. I believe you're going to go with Pastor Phil and Crystal to Heritage. It's been said it's a flagship church. Well, Lord, right here is a flagship church as well where men and women are doing evangelism, reaching people, not caring what they're, where they come from, what they look like, the fact that they just say, Lord, we give it to you. Bless this church, we pray. Bless this people, we pray. For each, each and every one that is here, may we say to God, be the glory. What great things he has done, is doing, and will do. In the name of Jesus and all of God's people say together, amen. Let it be so, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Before everybody goes, we need to sing Pastor Phil's favorite song. Okay? Everybody. Praise God from I know it's a little late, but would you like to hear one last song from Phil and Crystal and the family? They have a special song and then a cake reception, and then we'll let you go on your way. We're not going to beat the Baptist to lunch today. That's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. But let, they're going to sing this beautiful song called The Blessing. Well, when it was mentioned to us by Cheryl, I have to throw her under the bus that we need to sing this song. So I'm listening to it Monday and crying my eyes out saying, how in the world am I going to sing this song? It's so anointed. And I left my phone down there, but it's, it's literally from Scripture. I think it may be the book of Exodus, but it is just a scriptural blessing. And we just want to just sing this over you. And I just want to thank you so much. Uh, the only reason that we have had any success in ministry the last five years is because of the faithfulness of God's people right. and how they have given of themselves and led teams and stepped out and just everything. I also want to give a really special um, thank you to my kids and my new daughter, Caitlin, for everything that they have done because Phil and I could possibly do this without them. And I am just so thankful. So as we sing this, feel free to sing it with us. We just want this to be a blessing to you. And maybe just sing it back to us. And we'll just rejoice together today in what God has done.
gracious to turn his face toward you and give you peace the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We sing Amen, Amen, Amen. Children and the children.
heaven that can come against us. There is no power that can beset us. There is no destruction that can pull us away. Lord, there is nothing that can stop us if we lean on the power of God. And right now, Lord, I pray a double blessing, yea, a triple blessing upon this congregation. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon this place. All oh, that lives would be changed. Hearts would be saved. I pray that healings would happen. Lord, that families would come together. Leaders would be raised up. I pray that this community would be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through your faithful people in this place. And we pray a blessing and anointing. Lord, we pray your presence and your spirit upon this place. We yield to you. We lean on you. We depend on you. We give ourselves to you. We come to you, Lord, with all that we are not. And we lean on all that you are. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring all that you are to every person in this place. And I pray, Lord, that we would preach it. And that we would teach it. And that we would share it. And that we would show it. And that we would walk these streets and know that you are God and because we have said it that we others would know that you are God as well I pray that lives would be changed hearts would be saved people would be baptized people would be sanctified people would be raised up as leaders raised up as missionaries raised up as preachers raised up as church planters Lord raised up as board members Lord raised up as praise team members raised up as, as ministers of the gospel to our children and to our youth I pray God that we would look back and see that at this point is when everything broke loose and God did a thing that only God can do. I pray it in the name of Jesus. I believe it. I claim it in the name of Jesus. And come on, Capital City Church, if you claim it with me, if you believe it with me, come on, let God hear it. Come on, let God hear it. Come on, let God hear it. Come on, come on, let God hear it. Come on, God, hear it. Come on. Sing amen. Come on, sing that amen. from this service but not from your presence walk with us into our Mondays and Tuesdays our Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays and Lord bring each one back here ready to see a move of God like they've never seen before and we believe you for it we proclaim it before the Lord thus says the Lord I will bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, give God a praise. I'm getting a signal that we ran the devil out of the room so the cake does not have calories. We have refreshments. Don't leave without getting something sweet. God bless you. You're dismissed.